What's in the bag? A shark or something? Put the bunny back in the box. guys five movies this is one of your co-hosts chris gasper this is frank pelicone you are listening to the quick cage and uh frank which movie are you going to tell us about tonight so this evening we will be discussing the 2016 war disaster film uss indianapolis colon men of courage which is also known as uss indianapolis colon disaster in the philippine sea I like that title better, actually. Um, yeah. I think the Men of Courage thing is supposed to trick you into thinking it's like somehow associated with Men of Honor. That series of movies. So, I don't know. I mean, I don't know like why you'd want that, but maybe you want that. Disaster in the Philippine Sea sounds like a, a book from like uh, 1896 or something. Mm, yeah. In this case, it would be written by some fucking yellow journalists with no appreciation for truth or um, convincing narrative, but anyway, uh, alongside Mr. Cage, it stars um, Tom Sizemore, James Remar, Matt Lanner, um, and then Thomas Jane in a highly billed yet seldom seen role um, in the movie for a total of maybe ten minutes. Um, general, the the plot follows the true life. Well. A dramatization of the true life sinking of the you know titular ship um which had been key in delivering parts of um uh baby boy i think the atomic bomb that was dropped on um uh, hiroshima and nagasaki or whichever one of them um so fuck this movie um pull your phone up a little bit frank i think you're crackling a little bit too near yeah still crackling okay go ahead. Hey, crackle yourself um it's just my voice is crackling because it's filled with sadness uh, so cage plays uh the commander of the ship um something mcveigh charles mcveigh um he's longtime naval commander um, I guess his crew had survived the attack on Pearl Harbor, um, so he was considered to be like highly regarded um, by naval brass, um, and was handpicked for this mission to deliver um, the parts of the atomic bomb. Uh, he mostly had a um, unseasoned um, crew, I guess is the word. Um, comprised of a bunch of assholes as the movie would have you believe um racists and hotheads and i don't know people that spit in other people's food um they're sent out on this mission they're told they don't get an escort so they take this dangerous mission to sail 
from um, San Francisco uh, through the Pacific out to the Philippines, um, where they rendezvous with the place where they're giving up their cargo, which happens without any kind of incident. Um, and then they're sent out on training um, where they're uh, attacked by a Japanese submarine that proceeds to torpedo them and sink the ship. Um, and then they spend nine days, is that right, out on the water um, until they're rescued by Tom Jane <clears throat> or found by Tom Jane, who then causes them to be rescued. Um, and then afterwards, uh, Nick Cage uh, gets court-martialed because they need a scapegoat. Like, there's this scene in this shadowy Washington, like, congressional office where they decide they're going to scapegoat someone. So it's uh, McVeigh that gets chosen for the scapegoating, um, even though the commander of the Japanese submarine comes and testifies. There's nothing he could have done because they basically like caught him by surprise because they weren't allowed to use sonar. I don't know if they even talked about that in the movie, but I read that like later reading about the actual event. Um, I guess out of morbid curiosity to see like how much was actual and how much was not. Um. Uh... While they were in the water, they got attacked by a bunch of sharks um, who ended up, like, eating a bunch of them. Um, and then later on in life, much later, uh, because McVeigh, this is like 20 years after the events of what happened in the film. Although in the film, it happens like like three minutes after he gets court-martialed. Um, McVeigh actually took his own life. Um, as a result of, I guess, PTSD from the incident and his feelings of inadequacy and failure on the part of, like, allowing so much of his crew to die. Um, and that's the movie. USS Indianapolis. Murder in the Philippines or something. Um, so I made you and our friend Orion, friend of the podcast, Orion, um, watch this with me on Saturday night. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I, that's why I'm not. I'm boycotting this episode. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't make Orion watch it. Orion and I had decided together that we were going to watch it, and then, and then because we we normally virtually hang out on Saturdays, and so I got roped into it as well. Yeah, and we watched it on Tubi, so it was like five hours long. Right, at least like probably thirty minutes longer than what it should have been because of commercials. And because, our and because our commercials were not synced up, so it's like we kept having to stop and wait. Right, that was that was that's always bad. Don't do watch-alongs on Tubi. I guess is the the moral to this story. Um, you asked me at the time if I thought this was in the top five worst Nick Cage movies, and I said no, and I think I still stand by that. Although this is a really bad movie. Um. But also, I'm not sure, because this movie's really bad. Like, there's... All right. Oh. So I guess let's get into it. So, Nicolas Cage's performance is roundly wooden in this movie. Like, there's not really much passion to it. Like, even when he's adrift at sea, he's still just kind of stoic. Um, I don't know if that's because he feels like that was the right way to portray this man or if he just didn't care. But regardless, there ain't much going on there. Um, you can tell he's not really digging it. 
Tom Sizemore plays... And regardless of what you just said about Cage, I think he's probably the best aspect of the movie, sadly. Uh, yeah, no, that's probably right. I mean, it's at least... Look, even at his worst, there's still something about Nick Cage that's like kind of watchable. So whenever he's on screen, like you can sort of like just pay attention to him. But even though he's the star of this movie, he's probably only on screen for like 35 to 40% of it. Like a lot of the movie is following the mundane lives of these fucking asshole sailors, man. Like they're just all a bunch of dicks. Like none of them have good personalities. They're all kind of slimy. They're either... I don't know. They're just caricatures, but they're not good caricatures. They're just like terrible human beings. Um, and all set up to do something at some point that makes them seem heroic in some way, like to show that they have this, you know, that they are men of courage, I suppose, or what the fuck ever. Um, there's some truly like funny parts in it. So they try to ape the scene in titanic where the titanic splits in half and the bow of the ship no the aft of the ship is like up in the air and people are falling you know like in titanic um but the cgi is for 2016 the cgi looks like it's like 2001 basically and maybe not even that because there's some shit in 2001 that's much better than this so it always looks like borderline like sci-fi channel cgi Um, so there's scenes of people like falling off the ship, like into the water and it's honestly, it's really funny. And there's this one guy who's kind of like the, um, I was, I I kept thinking of him as Kevin Arnold when I was watching it. Like, I couldn't think of a good, like, that's just what he reminded me of. Like this, I don't know, like kind of short, what is that actor's name? There's an actor with that's like he's in a lot of the Italian movies. He's got he's short, he's got like wavy dark hair and really wet eyes. And I can't remember what the actor's name is, but he reminded me of that character and he just like dies and it's funny. Um Tom Sizemore gets his leg blown off. And when he's rescued, he's cradling his leg and refuses to give up his leg. So Tom Tom Sizemore spends about 40 minutes of this movie um moaning and crying out while cradling his severed leg from the shin down like against his chest and like rocking back and forth which is unintentionally hilarious um the sharks look i don't know like what a, oh everything looks like playstation one era like cutscene graphics that's that that's the best way to describe it like nothing has any sense of like realism. It's all really pixelated. The Japanese submarine is by far the worst thing. That that was the thing where I first said, "Oh my god!" Like I feel like we're like looking at like the cuts, like a Final Fantasy like seven cutscene or something. Yeah, it's just it's it, it's real bad. Um, there's this other like subplot where the commander of the Japanese sub doesn't want to kill anybody, um, and feels really bad that his kamikaze torpedo pilots keep like you know dying i guess but like that's their whole job i mean whatever like i don't even know how to say that in a way that's politically correct but i mean that's what they're doing like that's that's what they were there to do i don't know and he talks to his dead father 
I guess he was like a Shinto priest, which also doesn't make any sense. Um, I don't know, man. The movie's just real bad. It's got bad dialogue. It's really poorly filmed. The CGI is awful in it. Um, I don't remember the score, which means it probably wasn't that good. There's a subplot where one of the cooks has this journal that he's like writing a story in. And so they're reading the story to each other to like keep their spirits up. Um, there's the really racist white guy from like Alabama and the really angry black guy that get in a fight, but end up becoming best friends because they're both in the brig when the ship goes down and the, the black guy comes back and saves the white guys or they both get locked in the same brig together because they fuck up. And then the ship splits in half and they're spilled out in the ocean and they survive. And then they're best friends. So, you know, character development. Um, yeah. This movie's fucking trash. Yeah, it's a bad movie. It's pretty bad. I watched a lot of bad movies in the past you know, 18 months. Um, I said the other night it's the worst, but it, it's 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 up there. It's one of the worst movies I've watched in the past year and a half. Like, and it's it's a real it's a real bad movie. I still don't even think it's one of the five worst cage movies I've seen. Though that's a shame. That's really a shame because it's really bad. Um, to the point where, like, I I thought it was bad. I didn't care about the characters, and I resented the movie as a whole. And I should not feel that way about a movie that's largely based on like a real life incident. And it's like I just hated all these people. I didn't care yeah, if they died. And these are like real, you, real people. If it makes you feel any better, the survivors of the disaster um, have like widely panned this movie. Mm-hmm. Actually, I want to read you something that maybe will make you feel a little better about yourself. So, under the reception portion of Wikipedia, there is this paragraph. Now, this isn't um, annotated at all, so I guess it's all just anecdotal, but I still think it works. Experts on the sinking have portrayed this movie as a fatally flawed representation of the actual events. Details large and small were wrong, from fictitious crew members involved in melodramatic relationships that have nothing to do with the actual history, even to which side of the ship the torpedoes impacted. As a result, it has been held in very low regard by USS Indianapolis survivors and experts. That's good. So there you go. I mean, that's about right. Yeah, like one of the plot lines is that uh, there's this sailor Bama who's this kind of like career naval shipman, but he's like super reserved and humble. And then his best friend is this dude from New York whose name I don't even remember. Um, Mario, maybe we'll call him. No, that's not right. What Mike was his name, but anyway, this like lusty, impulsive, outgoing guy. So Bam is in love with this debutante from the Southern Manor, and he brings Mike with him to meet her family. And her and Mike fall in love and end up like fucking for three months. And she gets pregnant, and then they get called to go on this mission. And he's going to propose to her, but right when he's going to propose, he helps break up the fight between the black guy and the white guy that get thrown in the brig. 
which causes him to drop the wedding ring or the engagement ring, which is picked up by the slimy bookie sailor who's like always gambling with people and he's holding it so he can pay off some gambling debts. And then Mike and Bama have a falling out because all Mike cares about is finding this ring and all Bama cares about is nothing. I don't know, something. And they get really drunk one night and Mike stands up for Bama because he's the one that's really drunk and then they have a falling out. But then they come back together while Mike is dying on a raft after the ship sinks. And then in the end, Squirrely Bookie gives the ring back to Bama, who then goes back home to the girl that was going to marry Mike and says, I know that Mike is dead and I never told you I loved you, but we should get hitched. And then that's that's the story. And this is like 25 to 30 minutes of, of film time. It's a lot. Yeah. Maybe more than that. Like what I just explained, it has nothing to do at all with the sinking of the ship and is only there to try and like humanize these characters so that you care. But if you learn anything from Titanic, it's that you don't got to humanize everybody, right? Like not everybody has to have a subplot. Some people can just die. And it's the immensity of the tragedy that draws you in as a viewer, not the individual story of the bus boys or whatever, right? So I don't know. And they really try and give every single motherfucker on the ship some kind of backstory. Like they're like, you know things about people that don't even matter, and then they're just dead. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. I there 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 was not a single element of this movie that I thought was entertaining or even bordered on good. Um Tom uh, Tom Sizemore hams it up so much, like that I I I can't even like he's on drugs for a lot of this movie, like after like the accident, like morphine, right? Mm-hmm. And it's like I know this motherfucker, like <laughs> I know this motherfucker knows about using drugs, like an expert, one might say, might say that, um. Didn't 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 show through here. Pretty sure so, he, I'm pretty so sure he thought this subplot, was all right. All right, all right. So let's so now I'm starting to warm up the shit. So his subplot is he is a grizzled. I don't even know what you would call him. Um, like machine shop sergeant or whatever. Like he's the guy that controls the people stoking the boilers and keeping the ship running. He is a new father to a baby boy that he's never seen because the boy was born when he was on tour, like on this current tour. So after his leg gets blown off, his whole character revolves around him going, my baby boy, my beautiful baby boy, I got to see my baby boy. As he's cradling his severed leg against his chest and rocking back and forth, until they shoot him up with whatever the morphine or heroin or whatever, and he goes unconscious for like seven or eight minutes of screen time. <laughs> when Nick Cage goes in the water after he like so, Nick Cage's McVeigh Admiral character is blown off the ship by an explosion and flies into the water and sinks, and then the worst CGI shark in the world like swims past him and brushes his butt like with his fin 
and in the cage, I don't know, it's just, it's just hard to explain. But he makes this like ridiculously goofy face, like whoa. You know, what it reminded me of it reminded me of um in Clash of the Titans when Poseidon is releasing the Kraken, and he makes like that O face. Do you know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. When he's like watching the Kraken like swim above his head, he's like whoa. It's like the face in the cage. I know I'm just making weird noises, but I'm making faces to go with those weird noises so you can't see. Um. God, what are some other terrible plot lines in this movie? The the bookie like keeps taking the ring out and going like, I wonder if this is real gold or if I can sell this to pay off my gambling debts. And then like eventually comes up and when Bam is in the hospital and says, I was going to lie to you and tell you I didn't know the whole time I had this ring, whose ring it was or that I found it. But looking at you, I can't lie. I got to tell you that I stole this ring. And then they're just buddies again, you know? Oh, there, there's I, I I the only thing I found humor is is Tom Sizemore clutching his fucking leg. Um, Dude, I laughed. I laughed so hard at that. Yeah. There was other things like I can't remember them now because number one, it was such a draining experience to watch this movie from start to finish. And like watching it with you guys was actually more entertaining because I could at least make comments and have response. You have no idea what it's like to watch these movies by yourself. Like to just sit there and not be able to stop. Like you have to finish it. It's 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 huh, I don't know. Like Milton or fucking Dante or something needs to like come forward in time and sit through a goddamn of course they'd probably just be fascinated by the fucking moving pictures, but maybe I'd like bring them into it slowly so they could truly understand the fucking nightmarish horror. It's like it's not like Garyon's winged form like flying over the seventh layer of hell. It's fucking USS Indianapolis colon men of courage just like playing in an endless loop around your head. And that's the true horror of the afterlife. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I don't... But hey, it's over. Yeah, yeah. I, I am so glad that I... Because I volunteered at one point to do this as a first watch with you, or not a first watch, but a um, watch, watch along. along. And I'm I'm glad I didn't have to do that on air because I I was miserable. Like you know what you know what really sucks during the second half of this movie, I was just absolutely miserable Saturday night. The worst thing is this doesn't even finish 2016 for me. It doesn't. Nope. Because I still have to watch motherfucking Snowden. Yep. Yep. I was gonna I was gonna notify you of that. But uh yeah. I mean I'm pretty much done everything in the years around it though. Yeah. I mean I guess I mean, the, the only 2010 stuff you have left is Sorcerer's Apprentice, Snowden, uh, and um everything else is uh animated, so um which you're gonna combine to one episode. So you're pretty much pretty much all done the 2010s except for two movies. And bully for me. Um, I was trying to think of like, because I I rambled off like five movies that I thought were his worst, but I want to make sure that I get this right. So, I think in the top five worst is Time to Kill is definitely one of the five worst. Um, I don't know if I want to count Sunny. That's a really bad movie, but 
to me, that's just more of like a. I, don't I mean, know. I I got some things, but at the end of this podcast, when we do, um, you know, the last episode of this podcast, like I, I I definitely want you to go through and think about it before we like do it and like come up with like his top five best, his top five worst, both in terms of like the movie, the performance, you know all that stuff like to put a put a bow on this um before we have to come back in december probably or some shit and like you know do another the problem is the further i get away from certain movies like i forget how bad inconceivable was Mm -hmm. but then i start thinking about that movie and i remember and it's like a punch in the gut you got three 80s movies left you only have uh let's see you got three 90s movies left you have one two Three, three 2000s movies left and two 2010 movies left and then all the animated stuff but i have four 80s movies left what i have racing with the moon cotton club um boy in blue what's that boy in blue and uh never on tuesday what the fuck's never on tuesday well i i don't See, we you we got in an argument about this one night about whether or not I have to watch this movie because he plays man in red sports car and it's an uncredited cameo. Well, I didn't co- I didn't copy it over onto the the word document to keep all track right. of all this shit. So we you must have won. I thought I lost, but I I guess I won. I'm gonna okay, try. Okay, fine. You got on, four movies left. Fuck you. I'm gonna try and find that clip on YouTube. Man, you ain't the boss of me. I'm going to try and find that clip on YouTube and see. So Amos and Andrew, Deadfall. Yeah. And City of Angels are what you have left. Oh, my God. Mm. Right. Yeah, oh. take it. Take it. Uh, Family Man. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that one. You know, uh, you know, Captain Fratelli. Captain Fratelli. And then, um, and then, um, and then uh, World Trade Center. Uh, is what you have left outside of animate in the 2000s and then Sorcerer's Apprentice, like I said, and Bob Snowden is what you have left in the 2010s. Mama Fratelli's. And then you'll have Fratelli. one coming up in the 2020s, um, I guess, right here in the next. No, you won't. No, next year, right? Next year. Yeah, um, Unbearable Way to Massive Talent got pushed back really fucking far. It did. It seems like that other movie um, is going to be a, probably be. Maybe before that. I don't think that's ever coming out. Prisoners of the Ghostland. Mm. Some shit happened with that, and it got because. Nah, no, nah, nah. I read an article. It, it, it's coming out. It's coming out. Oh. It says September seventeenth, two thousand twenty-one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. In the it's U.S., not, I knew it was soon. Yeah, it's. Well, it's yeah. video on demand the first day it's out. So. Yep. So, that'll be um. That'll be that week's episode. Spoiler. Right. So yeah, that'll push this shit back like fucking December. <laughs> the prisoner of Ghostland might not be um maybe super terrible. I mean, I don't know. You never know. My wife and I were trying to like figure out like the like come up with a rough idea, like you know, because we're going to the grocery store tomorrow and like trying to figure out. Like the schedule for the semester and what nights who's working and like you know blah blah like you know to try to come up with like a rough idea like um it's like we got to Wednesday and it's like well 
I still got to do this fucking quick cage podcast. So let's just like put down, we'll just do whatever we do on our own. Cause that this shit's gone throughout the rest of the semester, probably. And I'm, I think after reading all that, I'm probably right. Going through to December. 15 weeks. We can do that, yeah. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> It'll go fast. I'm really down after uh, watching this fucking movie. That's it. <clears throat> It'll be better. Again, than, all, all of them have to be better than this to me. Like, no, I can't imagine. Just, I can't right, imagine one being worse. You don't even know. Yeah. I can't imagine even one being that- worse. Laughable. This movie's laughable. Yes. But like derisive laughter. Like not like, you know, haha. Except for fucking Tom Sizemore holding his goddamn CGI. Uh, uh, my son, my beautiful baby boy. He thought this was his comeback too. I, I, I'm positive he thought this was like his way back in. Like, um, you know, until like, you know, trying to think yeah it was after this movie like those like the sexual abuse allegations from like the early 2000s which he was found not guilty of in his defense but um and then um got domestic abuse charges against him like after this movie again and got caught a couple years ago with drugs again He was good in the Twin Peaks revival, though. I'll give him that. I liked him. I, I like Tom Sizemore overall, but uh, he, he, he's, a, he's, a, he's a fuck up. He wasn't good in this, though. In all fairness, he was. True. True. For, for the caliber actor, he is. He was exceptionally bad to me. Like, in this. I expected more. Well, one more down. That's true. Um, yeah, be interested to see what next week is. It's got to be better. It's got to be better. To your point, I have definitely painted myself into a corner. So, does it have to be better? Nah, because it could be World Trade Center, and I have a feeling like that's going to be worse in some ways. That's in at some least Oliver Stone, though. It, right, it'll be more competent, like Lee filmed, but I could also imagine that knowing nothing about that movie other than I think a trailer, like I, I could imagine it could be worse in some ways. I can imagine. I can well, imagine a lot. I can imagine, like, in some ways, a lot of these movies being worse from a filmmaking standpoint. Uh, this has got to be the worst looking what you have left. From just a general filmmaking standpoint, like this is an atrociously filmed and acted and uh, movie and a terrible special effects, like the worst, like maybe the worst I've seen in the modern day, like and unnecessarily historically inaccurate, <laughs> right? Right, right, like they didn't even change anything to make it like more interesting, they just made it longer and worse, yes. Yeah, it's not it's not a good reflection of Mario Van Peebles, and we talked about badass on the primary podcast before how much we like that movie. But um, this does not reflect well on Mario Van Peebles at all. It's a director, 
It just because I was interested in this movie for that reason. It's like, what is what what is what does he got in it? Not much. That's the answer. Not much. Yeah. Oh. Any poetry you want to recite this week? I don't know. Yeah, you don't have to. I'm not. I'm not trying to force. And um, got a lot on my mind now. <laughs> got a lot on your mind, grapes. <clears throat> I'm just trying to think about what I'm going to do. Like, what am I going to watch? Because we don't have a podcast this week, right? We do not. We um, I should mention that um, uh, real quick, um, probably before we wrap this up this week, because this movie is just depressing. Um, so uh, on the primary podcast coming up um, sometime in the next two weeks, we will uh, be filling in our two week gap with a uh, watch along of a 97 horror movie that's not on Frank's 97 horror movie list and then wrapping up the month with 97 horror list. Um, as we move through the 90s, um, I also want to kind of co promote. Um, next week, we'll be having another podcast on another feed uh, coming up uh, called The Best 30 Minutes. And um, it'll be uh, Frank and I, along with our friends Michael Bledsoe and Orion Wellmaker, um, talking about like uh, different topics um, uh, uh, that we've like kind of like lived through and experienced. The first topic will be Star Wars in the 1990s. Uh, and lastly, I just want to like thank everybody. Like we have had the, um, and I didn't tell you this because I just looked it up while we were on the podcast, Frank. Uh, this is the most downloads we've had in a 30 day period ever. Um, mm. So um, like we've had really good months before, but um, this is um, certainly the best we've ever had. So thank you. Um, if you're new listeners, um, I hope you, you know, enjoy like the, now extensive back catalog um, of episodes that we have um uh, i haven't calculated like mentally the number of hours anymore um not recently anyway uh, not for like a year but um we have a substantial number of uh, you know hours i can't uh, say they're all quality hours because sometimes the podcast devolves into us um reciting uh elliot or tennyson um but um uh but yeah, no, thank you all uh, very much um, for um, yeah, the um, downloads. And as always, we appreciate any feedback. You can find us on Facebook. You can find us on Instagram. And um, you can always email us at twoguys5movies at gmail.com. That's number two and five, uh, twoguys5movies at gmail.com. So. Yeah, you know, it's a good feeling. Yeah. Puts a lot of pressure on, uh, a lot of pressure on, on the old podcast, but. And they feel like you got to perform. Oh, I, I, that, yeah, you're saying that, but it's a joke. You don't, you don't feel the need to perform. <laughs> you shouldn't reveal like the secret. <laughs> I, I only know that because you never feel the need to perform, I don't think. And, um, I don't feel the need to perform. Um, so I know that you don't because I probably have more of a tendency to that more than anything than you do, at least. All right. It's just you and I talking, which is what I, right. which is why it's so easy and what I like. Um, it's like we would, I mean, that's like the whole idea of this whole thing, right? Is that like, and it's what's going to be interesting about like doing this with Bledsoe and Orion is like, these are things that we would talk about anyway, at some point, largely. 
but it's the interesting thing I find about podcasting in general is like it forces a focus that we might not otherwise have um, to discuss like these particular movies, now, even outside the quick cage, like the primary podcast as well. Like uh, we might talk about those movies, but it'd be meandering and other things would come in and we wouldn't be focused on those movies. So, I mean, the thing I find interesting about doing this with you is that we get to actually talk about these movies for 15 to you know, 45 minutes, you know, um, and actually focus on them in a, um, you know, hopefully coherent, but like, you know, you know, uh, focused conversation that, um, you know, we wouldn't do otherwise. Cause I know we wouldn't, cause we never have really a lot of times. <laughs> mm. It's always crazy like, condemnation all in the same sentence. No, it's just life. I mean, like, you know, we'll, we'll, somebody will make a joke. Somebody will do this. I mean, we still do that to some degree, but we stay focused on the movie. We get back to it, you know, where it's like we might go all down another road and start talking about something else, you know? Um, so that's what I find interesting about, like, the idea of podcasting is just stay focused a lot of times. Um, uh, so, yeah. But so far, I mean, three years in, we just had, like, technically technically our birthday i guess is uh uh in like six days like will be three years into this podcast um all of was it, it really august that we started doing it yeah it was august 17th well you know the history of this frank like you know, we we august 17th is when like the like we got on pod bean like all that kind of stuff um but remember we we started the experiment in january of that year and then um, started recording episodes, and they were terrible quality. Um, and uh, we ended up having to like re-record some of those episodes. Remember? I do so, remember that. And then you broke your leg that year too. So, right. um, so we we ended up re- restarting in August, and I've uh, been gone strong since. Whatever number this is for the fucking quick cage now, like I mean, uh, 78. 78th episode of the quick cage. We're getting ready to do, you know, a couple uh, next couple weeks, 120 like episodes from the primary podcast. It's a lot. It is a lot. It's a lot to be proud of. Yeah, absolutely. Just not this movie. There's nothing proud about any of this in relation to this movie. And I thought, like, hearing about Time to Kill was bad, and it's like, Jesus. So, yeah, I mean, in some degree, I sympathize, but, like, I also, like, have to listen to some of this stuff, which uh, is probably not as bad, but still. It's fine. Yeah, well. It's fine. All right. So you'll figure out next week, and um, we'll be back um, in a week from the day, uh, you know, talking about another uh, Cage movie. Awesome. All right. I think I know which one I'm going to do. Yeah. This feels like it's going to be punishment for some reason, just with Tony, your voice. Punishment to who? To me? I'm the one getting punished. Okay. I just got to, I got to, I got to learn to meet and dole my punishments to myself. In a way that, like, it's like bad, and then maybe not so bad, and then super bad, and then maybe good. You know what I mean? Like, it's right. gotta... yeah. you worked a phrase of poetry, and so there you go. See? There we go. All right, all right. Thank you for listening, everybody. All right, goodbye.